Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Thursday the 18th of April. Coming up, family campaign for better support following suicide of Folkestone mum. It's very hard to describe the shock. It was like being dragged into a black hole or buried alive. Climate change demonstrations continue for a fourth day. Governments aren't listening, therefore we're having to take more and more extreme actions to get our message across. And part of a Kent castle that hasn't been seen for a hundred years is reopening. It was the back of beyonds, out of sight, out of mind, and gradually access kind of uh, declines, the steps uh, tumbled away. And the garden just grew in. Kent Online News. We start today by hearing from the mum of a Folkestone woman who took her own life less than a year after having a baby. 39-year-old Rebecca Cruiser started suffering from anxiety and insomnia after giving birth to her son Henry in October 2016. She visited her GP 12 times over the following eight months and was given various medications and therapy. But her mum, Lynn Richardson, found her dead at her home in Allcombe near Dover in June 2017. Her family is now campaigning to try and make sure all new mums get the support they need, especially if they start to struggle with mental health issues. Here's Lynn telling us more about what they've been through since Rebecca's death. It's very hard to describe the shock. It was like being dragged into a black hole or buried alive. It was profound. All of her family and a huge circle of friends were in a state of utter disbelief because Becky, the last woman anybody expected to do this, she had no history of mental health problems and she had everything to live for. The grief became so immense and so harsh when we realised by accessing her records, which in some cases took a long time and was expensive, when we finally got her records, and we realised the extent of the failings, the pity and the anger became very hard to bear. There were several points at which the risk to Rebecca could have been identified and, and wasn't. When the baby was born, because she had a baby boy and she had a traumatic and prolonged birth, that in itself should have at least drawn to her some advice, some counselling, some monitoring, which didn't happen. The appointments I attended with her, including when she saw the private doctor, the attitude was dismissive, patronising. There was no respect for the fact that as a mother, she might have a pretty good idea what was going on with her baby. These things are very hard to live with. That's why, as a family, we have to, not just for ourselves, to alleviate the grief, but more importantly, for the mothers out there who are still suffering to implement, to, to provide early support. When a mother begins to not cope, when she finds she's struggling, to be able to, to, to coax her to talk about it, to give her the help, the early help. The approach is about tender, loving care. The approach is about coaxing mothers to talk. So that rather than saying, well, we've given you a leaflet and if you go online, you can look at this, you know, the, They want somebody in their home talking to them. All they need now is to to inject some tender loving care and have the funding in order. And that's their job to gain that. We will help them. We will campaign for this funding. That's what's needed in order to provide the old-fashioned support that is no longer there in society because 
most members of the family work, neighbours are working, it's hard to have the support around you that you that you do need. At Rebecca's inquest last year, the coroner raised concerns about the support given to new mums in the county and warned there's a risk of further deaths if action isn't taken. The Kent and Medway NHS and Social Care Partnership Trust was ordered to produce a report to explain how care was going to be improved. A spokesperson from the trust says changes have been made to services since Rebecca's death. You can find out more about the family's campaign and fundraising events on the Everglow Rebecca Cruiser Foundation Facebook page. Kent Online reports. There's been more disruption in London today as climate change demonstrations continue. Yesterday, protesters blocked traffic, glued themselves to trains and even chained themselves to the fence outside Jeremy Corbyn's house. Hundreds of people have been arrested since Monday and extra police officers have been out on the streets today. The campaign's been mostly peaceful with demonstrators saying they want to raise awareness and get the government to be greener. But this morning, three people appeared in court accused of blocking a train in East London. Stuart Jeffrey from the Maidstone Green Party joined protesters in the capital earlier this week. He's been chatting to Louisa on KMTV. Well, there's an increasing frustration about the urgency um, that we have to tackle climate change. Um, governments here and, and abroad are not listening to the, the message that actually we've, we've only got a few years left to make the radical changes that we need to ensure there is a future for, for future generations. Governments aren't listening, therefore we're having to take more and more extreme actions to get our message across. And one of those this week and next week is to shut down large parts of London, um, which we're managing to do quite effectively. And in terms of um, today we're seeing people gluing themselves to trains and as I said just a second ago 300 people have been arrested. Uh, do you think that's almost taking it too far? Well it, it depends on, on you know what price is, is future life if you like. Um, so yes people are prepared to get arrested. There are a lot of people up there. Um, they can't arrest everybody um, but that message is, is, is enhanced by taking actions that are um, arrestable and, uh, and, and, and therefore um, it is necessary. But, you know, what price an arrest compared to having a future for our children? And can I just say, in terms of the actions being taken, these are non-violent actions. Um, you know, people lying down in the road, gluing themselves to, to buildings and trains and so forth, but they're not damaging and they're not hurting people. Um, it's very much a, a peaceful protest. The group behind this week's demonstrations, Extinction Rebellion, is promising to continue its disruption campaign until the government promises to meet its demands, which include cutting carbon emissions to zero by 2025. Kent Online news. Staff at a young offender institution in Kent have struggled to stop boys from fighting according to a new report from inspectors. They visited Cookhamwood in Rochester last December and found there had been 95 assaults on staff, almost 150 on children and 58 fights in the previous 12 months. Charity The Howard League for Penal Reform says it received more than one call a week about children being held there. Two men have been arrested after police found more than 130 cannabis plants behind a false wall at a house in Maidstone. Officers raided the property on Bower Lane yesterday and discovered rooms on three floors which had been modified with ventilation, lighting and heating equipment. A 26 and 29 year old have been charged with being involved in the production of a class B drug. The cathedrals in Rochester and
in Canterbury will ring their bells later in solidarity with Notre Dame following the huge fire in Paris. Other churches across Kent are being urged to join them for seven minutes at seven tonight. Almost two cats a day were abandoned in Kent last year, according to figures given to KMFM. The RSPCA say they dealt with 629 of the animals in 2018, making the county one of the worst places in the country. The charity says most pets were dumped over the summer months. Kent Police has been given £1.5 million to tackle knife crime. The extra funding will help boost patrols and pay for things like extra equipment and overtime for officers. Kent Online reports. Now there's good news if you're one of thousands of people heading away for Easter. Roadworks have been removed across Kent and the rest of the country in time for the long bank holiday weekend. Sam Day is an operations manager at Highways England and has been telling us more. We've removed around 99% of roadworks from our our roads that we manage. Um, We've um, also removed Operation Brock on the coastbound carriageway of the M20 in time for Easter. And there's now three lanes of traffic available at 70 miles an hour. It was quite a task. Um, We worked together with our partners uh, to make that happen. Um, and we, we managed to remove it all by Monday. On the other side, there is uh, two lanes of traffic available at 50 miles an hour. Um, we still have the steel barrier in place, so should there be cross-channel disruption, in the future, we are able to implement Operation Brock again. Sam says plans have been in place for a while to make sure our journeys are as smooth as possible over the Easter weekend. It does go into the into the planning of the operation. Obviously, we know when Easter is going to be, um, and we plan that as part of the, the individual project so that we can make as much road space available to uh, those that are going away as possible. Our advice is um, to stagger journeys where possible. Always check your journey before setting out and they can, members of the public can do that on the Traffic England website. And we'd also recommend that um, drivers check their vehicles and make sure that they're, um, they're ready to go before they set out, um, including checking fuel, tyres, engine oil, water and lights. We're expecting an increase um, in traffic on the key corridors down to the uh, Channel Tunnel and Port of Dover, so the M2 and the M20. Um, We'd also expect an increase in traffic on the M25. Our officers are out around the clock 24-7 and will be there to support motorists that do find themselves in difficulty. Kent Online News. A Kent-based service supporting sexually abused children has received a cash boost of £50,000. The NSPCC's Gillingham Centre delivers the charity's Letting the Future In work, helping victims rebuild their lives. Between 2011 to March last year, almost 250 children were directly helped and have been able to move forward. Sarah Jenner is the service manager and has been telling Ish about what they do. I imagine must be very traumatic for those young people. Can you just sort of describe what their state of mind is and, I mean, the type of support that they need? We get children who present with a range of difficulties, things like um, anxiety, lack of confidence, anger. They can have issues with sleep problems, they can have relationship difficulties both for example at school or with their families or um, with their peer group and what we do particularly with our LTFI service which is a service to help children recover from experiences of sexual abuse 
is that we use a range of play methods so that they can work through their feelings in a safe environment that enables them to recover. You've helped hundreds since the centre launched. How do you think you've done as a, as a centre? And obviously you've met so many young people who've unfortunately had to experience this type of thing. We're quite a small service centre. Um, we have up to 10 practitioners, which um, if you compare this to the local authority, that is relatively small. But with our LTFI service, since we launched in um, 2011, we've been able to support 246 um, children and young people. Um, I think that has had quite an impact in terms of their recovery and they will speak to us about things that they are now able to do that they weren't able to do previously. For example, um, I recently heard about a young person who um, had gone on work experience that prior to the service being delivered, um, they, they would not have considered doing. Other children have made significant progress academically and have gone on to um, achieve good GCSE and A-level results um, they hadn't previously been anticipated to get. So it's, it's, it's been a very useful service. You're seeing this cash boost of 50000 from the Police Crime Commissioner. What does that mean to you and what will that enable you to do going forward? We're extremely grateful because what this enables us to do is it enables us to reach more children. We are able to um, provide um, additional resources in terms of play and in terms of staffing time so that we're able to reach more children. What you need to remember is that it is a extremely difficult for children to disclose you know they will be impacted by a lack of trust because you know the fact of that they've experienced abuse means you know their trust in adults has been affected negatively um, so actually what research tells us is that you know the children who do make formal reports are literally the tip of the iceberg. The extra funding's coming from Kent's Police and Crime Commissioner Matthew Scott who's also been chatting to Ish. From seeing their work what have you actually made of it because obviously it's clearly vital. It's incredibly powerful um, you know we've got very vulnerable young people who are very difficult to reach out to in some circumstances some people who are uh, maybe not confident speaking up, this project gives them a voice. Uh, and that's what this role is all about to me. It's about giving people uh, a voice and giving them confidence. And that's why this scheme that the NSPCC running is so very vital, because it does exactly that. And it does th so through a very engaging method. Uh, and it helps to get to the root causes of, of the problems and help these young people um, to move on. Absolutely, yeah. And, and so, so what was the reason behind giving them that cash boost? Well, it was, uh, of course, we, we judge these bids based on the, the quality and the calibre of the bid as it comes through, the evidence uh, of success. And, you know, the NSPCC are a fantastic charity who have a long track record of uh, success, not just here in Kent, but across the whole country. And this project, you know, succeeded on the merits of its own uh, quality and the fact that it is doing so much to support young people across uh, our county uh, means that it was um, selected for success. And, and they've um, already helped hundreds of young people who've been victims. I, I imagine you're keen to help them help more people. Absolutely. And as we know that sometimes these crimes don't always get reported immediately. It's sometimes it's a little while before they do come forward. 
it's vital we make sure that the service is there because we know that in the coming years there are likely to be more children who will come forward. Some predators that the police are working very hard to catch, but also some victims who may well have been abused in the past uh, and need some support now. So that's why this uh, extra investment in their services is really needed uh, and is, is very welcome, is so that when these people do come forward, there's something there for them. Kent Online reports. Part of a Kent castle that's been hidden for more than 100 years is set to reopen to the public. Britain's youngest ever Prime Minister William Pitt converted the former chalk quarry at Warmer Castle near Deal into a garden, but it was left to overgrow following his death in 1806. Now £2 million has been spent on restoring it. Mark Brent works there and has been telling us all about it. It really was a sort of a, a sky on the landscape so when William Pitt came here he was able to sort of look at it and think right it needed modifying and greening up uh, so he set about sort of landscaping it and planting it to create a nice ferny green dell but there afterwards uh, the quarry here sort of it was the back of beyonds out of sight out of mind and gradually access kind of uh, declines the steps uh, tumbled away and the garden just grew in uh, and eventually became sort of quite an impenetrable wilderness. It was almost a pristine sort of, uh, you know, uh, piece of garden underneath here, just, you know, piles of brambles and so forth. But what we did find was some of the original trees, which has sort of, you know, survived the, you know, the test of time. They were still surviving. And then we also sort of, you know, slowly, you know, the things that are coming through the soil, the bulbs that have been hidden away, you know, now they've got the, the light. Uh, we also found elm trees, that, which, you know, were wiped out by Dutch elm disease, you know, sort of across Kent, somehow tucked down in this sort of deep dell. They were still surviving, so we've still, you know, some some interesting species, wildlife as well. Kent Online Sport. Football, and it's a busy Easter for Gillingham as they look to secure their place in League One for next season. With just four games left to play, they're currently in 15th place in the table, four points clear of the relegation zone. Their last two games have ended in defeat, and they put in a poor performance at home to Shrewsbury Town last weekend, hoping to turn their form around the Jills' well welcome Plymouth Argyle to Priestfield on Good Friday, then travel to take on Bradford City on Easter Monday. Here's boss Steve Lovell. More often than not, we've, we've had really good performance this year this year, and the way that I want to play. And it's important now, I'm not reflecting on what's gone on in the past, it's what's going to happen now in the next four games. And it's important that we, we get back to our, our way of playing. Um, and uh, performing in a way that we've done for most of the most of the games this year. I can't reflect on one game. Um, there was obviously more than uh, I'd say three quarters of the team on, on Saturday that didn't perform what they should like they should do. So for me to change three quarters of the team is is, is stupid at this stage of the season when you know they performed well on the other parts. So no, there'll be changes, but changes are I feel that need to be done to freshen things up. Um, and you know that will be done. You know, in in the way that I believe that the, the team I pick on Friday will be one that we can go out and win again. And again, there'll be 18 players uh, who I'll pick on on Friday. That all of them I know will give us a hundred percent when they play. Um, and it'll be two or three that will be missing. But we've got a game on Monday, mm-hmm. so we've got to be wary of that as well and making sure that everybody stays stays fit and. Um, and clued on, ready for a game at Bradford. Well, we're not fearing uh, fearing a defeat. We're, we're going out there with a positive mindset. I don't know what they'll be fearing. That is down to them. But I know that from our point of view, we're we're positive. 
Um, we're going to uh, obviously turn around a, a bad performance from last Saturday into a good one on Friday. Um, you know, players now have got to be uh, stood up and counted. Um, and the first 45 minutes on on um, Friday will dictate some of their um, the players whether they play the 90 or not. It comes to a stage now of the season where it's important that we get points on the board. And if players aren't prepared to roll their sleeves up and give everything for the full 90 minutes, then there's no point in being on the pitch. So, yeah, the first 45 minutes on Friday are going to be so so important. I think for both for both teams, but mainly, you know, I'm not concerned about them, just us. And it's important that we put a, a team out who are going to go out for 90 minutes and um, and give everything. They own the owe the supporters one, but they owe us one as well. Uh, they owe everybody connected with the football club one. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's out of character. That is not the way that they are. That's not the way that they've been. And he was totally out of character last Saturday. So that's gone. It's done and dusted. We've, um, we've, as I said, we've discussed it and, and, and talked about it. And everybody knows what their, their brief is. And they have done all year. Saturday came from nowhere. Um, and I can't have that again. No one can have that again. So we will um, make sure that uh, that's put right and we're looking forward to them coming down and playing against us. Well, that's it for now, but you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day and over the Easter weekend. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.